Hey, what's going on, everybody? Like, thank you all for tuning in to the show. Got my crew with me, Darnell and Tyler. I'm Trey, and we are coming your way with the 69th edition of the Don't Kill the Messengers podcast. Uh, got some big sport events happening this week. Uh, but before we get into some NBA, we're going to touch on UFC 212. That's going to be on and popping this Saturday. First fight that we're about to talk about is my man Vitor Belfort. He's going to be facing Nate Marquardt. Uh, just starting out, what are your thoughts on this? Do you feel this is a must win, uh, for my man, uh, Vitor? It's technically, he lost three, but, uh, the last one against, uh, Kevin Gastelum, uh, that got ruled to a no contest, uh, with the drug, um, let him test him positive for marijuana, I believe. But, uh, you still feel this is a must win for my man? I mean, no. Uh, I don't think. I don't think the UFC has any thoughts of signing him to like a further deal and he's not in any serious title contention. So I wouldn't call it a must win. Of course, you want to win if you're stepping into the cage, but you know, being somebody that's lost three out of his last four fights, uh, yeah, you know, it, it would have been three out of his last five if the gasoline yeah, fight stuck. So it's, not like he's, you know, on, on the title hunt or anything. I think they're just giving him some fights to finish out his career. Uh, if he, if he does lose to Nate Marquardt, that probably shows he's probably, probably needs to retire instead of possibly looking for a Bellator contract or something like that after he's up. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wouldn't call it a must win for either fighter. Okay. Uh so just thoughts on this fight, man. Who do you who you think is gonna win this? Well, I mean, seeing as how Vitor has looked in his last few fights, I'm inclined to pick Nate Marquardt because he his uh decline hasn't been as, as steep. Yeah. Um uh, I mean I've I've joked about it beforehand, but like it, it seems to even be lessening now. Like I said with Vitor, if you can survive maybe the first minute or two, you have a good chance at winning. Yeah. It's it's not even seeming like he has that much burst in him anymore. Uh, he, he still comes out hot, but I mean, once once you get through that first flurry of his, he seems to be going downhill even faster. Um, I don't know how much that has to do with the lack of TRT. These days, uh, he's, he's not looking as, uh, cut and big as he used to. So, I mean, I can only guess that that does have something to do with it. And probably his conditioning is catching up to all the, all the tread that's burned off of those tires as well. Yeah, it's 40 years old, man. So, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so I, I think I lean with the fighter that's only two years younger than him, but. You know, Mark Wire's been a little bit more consistent. He does at least have a couple wins on his out of his last five fights. Uh and they and they were TKO wins, but I I wouldn't be shocked either way on this, but I guess if I have to pick him, I'll pick Mark Wire right now. Yeah. I don't go with my boy uh Vitor, man. Uh he's gonna be in his hometown. Uh so I think just the crowd is gonna be feeding him energy. He's gonna be hype, he's gonna be wanted to improve his record um in front of his own people. So uh you know, like I said, this can be anybody's uh fight. Uh 
if these two are but definitely on the same playing field uh, as of right now. But just I'm going to go with the hometown hero on this one, man. Just think he's going to want to put a win in for his um for his people. So got him. Uh, would like to see him. You know, he's known for those uh quick uh one two minute flurries that he starts the fights off with. So would like to see him hopefully get a knockout um in that time. But you know, after that. Uh, this could be fatal uh, for him because uh, just with him going longer in those uh, into the fight. So, but hopefully, man, he could just get this win. And you know, like I said, he's on the downside of his career, but uh, he could pull off a win for his hometown. All right, now this one, I think this is the next fight we're about to talk about, man. I think this is going to be a really uh, good fight between these two. But it's uh, Claudia uh, Gadelia and Karolina Kovokovich. Uh, these two put up pretty good fight against uh, JJ when they fought her. Uh, both of them could have had opportunity to win against JJ, and these two are going to be colliding in the ring against an octagon against each other. So, um, going to be expecting uh big things from these two ladies right here. Uh, what do you think about this fight? Well, yeah, I mean it's definitely a possibly a title eliminator. Uh, probably more so if uh, Carolina uh, wins. Just because Claudia has two losses on her resume against JJ already. Yeah. Uh, guess it'd be interesting to see a third fight just to see if she learned from the last one from, you know, having a dominant first round, winning a, like a, winning the first part of the second round and then just, you know, snowballing after that. Once it got to the uh, championship rounds, yeah. Yeah. Uh, where she just gassed out. So you want to see if she's learned from that, uh, if she were to get another shot at the champ. And uh, Kovacavich, this was kind of – it was her first shot at a at a big fight like that. She she went the distance, lost in the decision. Uh, probably feels like she left some opportunities on the table. So uh, I think both of these ladies feel the pressure to – perform to see if they can get that uh, last shot to try to get some UFC gold. Uh, so I, I think we'll, we'll see some, some excitement in this one. And, you know, both of them will be on their A game since, you know, big things could be on the horizon uh, due to this. Uh, that's if they're not on the back burner behind maybe like a Rose Nami Eunice or something like that. Yeah. Now, yeah. Who do you have in this one now? Uh, being that this is, uh, this is a three round fight, right? Yeah. I know it's the co-main, but it's still a three round fight. So being in a situation like that, I think I still lean more, uh, Gadelia just cause she's, she's just so explosive and, and yeah. strong. I guess I kind of lean that way. Uh, but you know, uh, Caroline is nothing to, to shy away from she she has a lot of strengths of her own but i think i'm leaning gotcha yeah me too man um just think with uh three rounds you know this is not a um five round fight between these two so she can go in there and do some wrestling take her down and uh she has less likely chance to get tired uh just due to the rounds not being a championship round fight uh like it was between her and JJ. So uh, she can go in there, wear Carolina down, and uh, get to business. But, you know, like you said, Carolina's no joke. Um, so 
either thing can happen between these two ladies, but I uh, just think with Claudia's uh, wrestling ability, uh, she can start to wear her down, get her tired, and pull off a win. Now, you think this will go uh, the whole rounds? You think a knockout or submission? How, how do you feel about this? No, they're both smart fighters. I think this goes to it goes the distance. This okay. will probably be a decision type match. All right. And last but not least for the fight, uh, the main event got my man Jose Aldo versus Max Holloway. I've been waiting for this one. So, uh, so how do you feel about this fight now? Ah, uh, I mean, this is this is gonna be a fun one to watch. Uh, Holloway is always game. He's not scared to go toe-to-toe with anybody. Yeah. Uh, and he's got some hands. He's very athletic. Uh, you know, he, he can sneak in a submission if he gets you down. Uh, but, you know, he's known for laying that quick knockout on people. Uh, Anthony Pettis most recently learned that. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you have Jose Aldo, you know, one of the original phenoms for the UFC. Uh, as far as, you know, sustained greatness and, uh, holding on to a championship, uh, he showed that he still has a lot in the tank from, uh, his win against Frankie Edgar to, I guess, get the, the belt back, uh, after it was pulled off McGregor. So, uh, Definitely a lot to look for here. Uh, two two people that are, are most known for their stand up, and I think that's probably going to be how this fight goes for the most part. I don't see too many takedown attempts. Like maybe you might get something from Holloway if if he's not getting his way on the feet. Yeah, he's a little more inclined to go to the ground. But yeah. I think you see a stand up battle here and yeah. some slick stand up at that. Don't forget too, man, my man Aldo, uh, he does have some good takedown defense. So it'll be interesting to see, um, between those two if, uh, Holloway decides to try to get it to the ground, uh, if Aldo can, uh, keep his defense up to the takedowns and things like that. Um, but like I said, man, one of the key, key reasons why I think for Aldo, uh, if one of the key things I'd like to just see for him is just his mental, uh, how he's going to be mentally in this fight. Because uh, last time someone was talking trash to him, didn't end well for him. He got knocked out quick and lost that title. So uh, I know Max Holloway's been calling him, you know, where's Waldo, Jose Waldo, and whatnot. Um, but just like to see him just be mentally composed in this fight. Um, like I said, I do agree with you. It's going to be a stand-up fight. I like to see just Waldo just take his time. He has five rounds. Like I always tell you, man, the guy has, uh, the, in my opinion, has the greatest legs in the history of uh MMA, uh, just take his time. We see opening, start to chop it, uh, his legs wear him down, wear him down a little bit. And then he can start worrying about a knockout later. But, uh, with just kicking ability, what he can do, uh, like to see him just, uh, wear Holloway down and end up getting this win. But, um, who do you got? Sorry, Trey. I'm, I'm leaning towards the youngster. Uh, <laughs> oh, I think I'm gonna go with Holloway here, uh, just because he's a taller fighter, five eleven. Yeah, four uh, yeah, inches taller. Yep. Yeah, so that that was one of the things that most people looked at when Aldo matched up with McGregor. Yeah. Uh, especially since he came in overly aggressive and took that first long shot. 
Uh, Holloway's a, a lankier fighter for that division. I mean, I like 5'11's giant or anything, but for the featherweight division, it, he is. Yeah, that's, so, yeah. Yeah, so with him being very accomplished with his stand-up himself, uh, I think he might be able to stay on the outside and possibly stay out of range of some of those kicks, but still be able to get his own off. Now, uh, well, I, I'll tell mine real quick. I'm going to go with my man, Aldo. Um, just this guy's been dominating that division for so long, man. No, he lost to McGregor, uh, not that long ago, but, uh, just how he's been running through other people in that division. Got to just stick with him, man. And plus, like I said, he's going to be in his hometown. He's wants to, uh, put up a good fight for his people and win in front of his people. So got that, man. But yeah, I just think, uh, He's going to be in there mentally. He knows what he needs to do, uh, start to wear uh, Max down. I know he's going to have to be aware of his height and everything like that, but uh, this guy's just ran through so many people. Uh, it's, it's going to be hard for me to go up against him, man. But Holloway, he's he's one of those guys, man. He could be one of the uh, toughest challengers, uh, challengers Jose has uh, met uh, since fighting. So uh, this guy's no joke, but. I'm, I'm going to go with my guy, um, all on this one. Now, yeah, no, we know you're going with your boy. Yeah. So <laughs> now, now, yeah, you, you got, uh, Holloway. Like, how do you see, you think knockout or submission? No, I think it's another one that, I think this one goes to distance as well. Um, uh, they, they both have the capability to put somebody out. Yeah. Uh, but they both, they both are smart and they know, when they're fighting somebody else that is dangerous like that to stay out of range and yeah. protect themselves. So I think this is one we get a good fight. Uh, we get like, uh, basically scientific stand up. Both these guys are calculating. Yeah. Um, uh, but I, I think it goes the distance just as both are smarter fighters. They stay out of each other's way and just try to see who can outpoint the other basically. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. I think both of these fighters, uh, got great talent. They can end a fight quick, but I just think just to, uh, the level of respect that these guys are going to have for each other in the ring, uh, um, I don't think they're going to be too aggressive. Uh, I think they're going to play, uh, a little conservative, you know, find the right openers and whatever when to attack. I don't think both of these guys, uh, are going to try to do anything too risky in there, uh, that can end up having them get caught or anything like that that can have them possibly, uh, chance of, either retaining the belt or winning it. So I uh, just think this is just going to be a, like a chess match. These guys are going to go in there and just respect each other. So, All right, man. Uh, you have anything left to add for UFC 212? No, just, I mean, based on that top three, I think this alone, the show is probably going to be a pretty solid card. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, man. Uh, this is going to be a pretty... Uh, good main event for people uh, to check out. So definitely agree with that. So, well, let me just ask you, Ty, uh, just um, get away from UFC 212, uh, but what was your just whole thought on that whole uh, Gus uh, to share a fight, man? Yeah. Uh, you know, we were talking before, you know, I was kind of in some way, I guess, surprised that, you know, you get, one the number one versus number two light heavyweight fighters and that be a free fight. I mean I, I was a little little surprised by that, but you know, we kinda talked that through and 
you know, just kind of realized, okay, I, I understand why that's not a pay-per-view fight, but it had the full potential to be pay-per-view fight. Uh, you know, I think, you know, Gustafson did everything he needed to do. You know, he avoided the takedowns from Teixeira and as well as, you know, the heavy hands he holds. Yeah. Um, you, you could always tell he was trying to, you know, land his jab, land his punch, and then get out. Uh, he didn't want to get close. He didn't want to open himself up after a punch for any opportunity. So he'd hit and run. And at first, you know, it was kind of like, all right, quit, quit being a little girl. But, uh, you know, it was the game plan and he stuck to it and landed three uppercuts in a row. And yeah. Gave him that three piece and a sent piece. Sent down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, dude, it was, <laughs> but, but in reality, like that. I thought that was a great fight. You know, Teixeira got his, got his in the fight and, um, you know, he fought hard. Both guys landed some really nice shots at each other and, uh, not surprised it ended the way it did with, uh, Gustafson being, you know, being fighting at home and, uh, having the crowd behind him. But the, I thought that was a really good fight. I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah, I, I still just can't believe Teixeira allowed himself <laughs> to get uppercutted three times in a row with oh, the same, same arm. Hand, uh, yeah, they were they were, they yeah. were clean. They were yeah. clean punches. Yeah. So that was a good fight between the two, man. Like yeah. I, I know, like I've always, uh, my man Anthony Johnson retired. I always wanted to see him and uh, Jones get it on, but just listen to the trash talk. Uh, that Gus mm-hmm. had for Jones, uh, talking about how he thinks he's a bad guy. Uh, he doesn't like him. Um, yeah. that, that fight between Gus and Jones was an instant classic, man. Um, so if these two were to, uh, square off again, uh, which I'm pretty sure it will happen, um, I, w- I would love to see them, uh, Gus and Jones get it on again. Um, and plus with the pin, uh, potentially fighting DC, uh, either way, man, it, it's going to be a good fight, uh, either way with whoever he ends up facing. But, uh, that was just amazing, man, how he just connected those uppercuts and finished it off. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. and that card as a whole, I mean, if, if you were up to watch it, uh, since it was, well, since it was sweet, sweet and it was yeah. mid, midday card, but I mean, there were a lot of like, highlight reel type knockouts in there yeah 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 even in uh even in the prelims i believe mm-hmm. uh there there were some good fights there too but yeah we had the guy with the wobbly legs i forgot what that was then there was the guy with the, the head kick and yeah. it was it was pretty action-packed for sure yeah but but i think i think that's the fun of the ufc and the one thing i'm starting to quickly figure out is that it doesn't matter who you are everybody's out there trying to get themselves in position for the next big fight. And it could be two guys in their first UFC fight ever. You can get a highlight reel fight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you just never know what you're going to get each time you step into the ring. It's so unpredictable. Um, and, and I think that's the thing that makes it so enjoyable. You're watching it with anticipation. Yeah. Um, you know, I watch a football game more on the relaxed side basketball more on the relaxed side but ufc i'm always watching for something to happen because yeah. you blink you miss it exactly and and i and i think that's the fun of it all you, you blink in the nba you're missing them dribble it up the court you know so you know i for, i think that's the one thing i i enjoy the most about the ufc just the un- unpredictable nature of it all 
All right, guys. Uh, anything else uh, to add for the UFC? Mm-hmm. All right, let's get into the NBA. Uh, before we touch on the finals, uh, let's talk about CP3 for a little bit. Um, some rumors came out last week uh, that he was interested, being interested in possibly going to the Spurs. Um, just how do you guys just feel about when you first heard that news? I mean, I'm not overly shocked. <clears throat> the I think we can all can agree that the Clippers window is probably closed. Yeah, yeah um, we've been saying that, man. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you know, uh, CB3 is uh, coming up on free agency here. Uh, he he's up for one of those supermax deals that have come through with the collective bargaining agreement where he could basically make 200 mil on his next contract. So yeah, man, that's did, a lot to you know think the about. Details of that? Like how did that, uh, like you said, if you make all, uh, what was all NBA or something or how did that? Well, work? it's some, it, it was something else just, uh, that league kind of bargained in to helps help teams keep their stars to, I guess, to try to prevent players from going and teaming up, uh, offer some more money out there. So yeah. if you have a player of a certain level where they've made all in all NBA teams or you've won uh some sort of some sort of uh single award for yourself, you're up for what's called a supermax deal where outside of maybe getting your five year hundred and hundred and fifty or hundred and thirty, whatever the max is right now for people, you can get at two hundred million over the course of your contract. Okay. Which I mean, is crazy to, to think of. But so so yeah, uh CP three is one of those designated type players, as I think is Blake Griffin coming up too. Yeah. So, you know, the Clippers already have to think about that for themselves. I I know they're allowed to go over to Cap as well to give their stars these deals where uh like the luxury tax hit isn't quite as bad for them. But, you know, that's that's quite a decision. Uh, you know, a lot of players, once they get late into later in their careers, I mean, CP3 isn't like washed yet or anything like that. But I guess he's getting to that point where he's starting to think uh, I'm probably not getting the title here. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so do I want to I want to break this bread here or do I want to go to the Spurs and up my shot at the title? Yeah, yeah, I'm right there with you, Darnell. But the the thing with the Spurs seems to be getting those second half of their career stars. Uh, they did it with Pau Gasol. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge was still on the first half, but um, you know, like I said, Pau Gasol was a little bit older. Um, now CP3 is a little bit older, so it seems like they kind of target the veterans. Which I mean, there's nothing wrong with you're getting, you know, touch. character guys um, and like I said nothing wrong with that they went for you know David Lee uh, David West you know just high quality high character guys um, I think he'd be a fit I don't think there's any doubt the CP3 would not be a fit there um, yeah. you know I think it would, it would for lack of a better term you know it kind of be a match made in heaven because he can run that offense and he has guys to throw the ball to. You know, he can, you know, pass to Danny Green, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Pau Gasol. 
uh, Lamar Aldridge just, he has shooters around him that he can dish his dimes to. Yeah. And that's where basically he made his, he made his money at the beginning of his career in New Orleans. Yeah. So I think he can, he won't feel the pressure to need to put up, you know, 20 points a game, uh, which I feel like he was asked to do with the Clippers for a while. I feel like he was asked to be a scorer. And I don't necessarily know that that's who Chris Paul is. I mean, he'll, he'll take his shots, but, um, I think it'd be a great situation for him if he chooses to go with it. Um, you know, it, I think it's his best chance to win a title unless for some reason, you know, Cleveland or Golden State come calling, but I mean, that's not going to happen. Um, but I, I think this would be a smart move if he wants that ring. I mean, I think we're at the point where superstars going to the already cemented franchise isn't going to be a shock anymore. It's not going to be something that, you know, will catch us off guard. You know, we can still criticize the players for doing it, but I think we're at the point where we almost need to expect guys to go to the best situation possible, especially if they don't have a ring. Yeah. Yeah. This is just going to be interesting for me to watch, uh, you know, because I think if he, Decides to go to the Spurs. Uh, I think he's going to miss out about on about 50, 60 million. I think I want to say, uh, mm-hmm. he's made a lot of money in his lifetime, but you know, you can still do a whole lot with 50, 50, 60 million. But, um, mm-hmm. like I said, if he's dedicated to getting that ring, uh, the Spurs would be the right choice. Um, just with how pop rest players and things like that, he can go in there, put up good numbers, get his rest. Um, you know, like you said, Ty, he's on the, second half of his career that could help preserve him a little bit longer uh, yeah. so he could play a little bit more. Um, just like I said, he could help those guys just get better. Uh, the Spurs, they were in the Western Conference uh, finals uh, this year, so if they add him, that could be another piece. Uh, they could have done a lot more damage with the injuries and whatnot, but uh, they're right there. So if he wants to get out there and possibly get a championship, that would be the right move for him. But I don't yeah. know, man. Do I? I think it'd be tough for him, honestly, though, to kind of want to leave uh, Doc and uh, Blake and DeAndre. Like I said, I think it's much needed. I don't see those guys winning the championship over there yeah. and uh, with the Clippers. But uh, you know, just the camaraderie uh, that he's had with those guys, I think it would be tough for him to want to leave that, though. Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that. But I think you get to the point where you realize a bag of chips have gone stale and you throw it away. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean. Honestly, though, like we've been saying this for what three to five years now that if they haven't won one by now, they never will. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, it always seemed like we kept giving the Clippers one more year. Yeah. You know, the year would roll by, they don't do it. All right, let's give them one more. You know, we, they kept getting the benefit of the doubt, but I, I think they've all realized that you know it's it's gone stale. It needs to be done. Um, I wouldn't be surprised somehow. Blake Griffin leaves. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if Chris Paul leaves. I, I mean, I don't think they'll lose both, but I bet they they lose at least one of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, the Clippers have just been one of those teams where they never got to reach their full potential. I guess I gotta say. Yeah. Because it always seemed once they got to the playoffs, either Blake got hurt or Paul got hurt. Yeah. And yeah. So they never got to go into the finals at full strength and do something. I mean, like even this year, you had Blake have a freak injury in the playoffs, so and then he was out. Last year, it was 
is down punching the dude that was on the team, so I <laughs> lost a lot of yeah, forgot about that things with that, and so it's just they seem to have just been. I mean, they're Clippers, so I guess they're always cursed, but yeah, it just seemed to be a match that just couldn't work out. They're fun to watch, but when it yeah. came down to crunch time, either just somebody wasn't there to uh to come through with it. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add for CP3? Yeah, I, I think I need to give up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was gonna say at this point, I just hope he makes what he feels is the right decision for himself, whether it's the money or the chance of the ring. Like, I, I don't care what his decision is, but I just hope that he's happy with whichever one he makes. Yeah, because because like I said, he's one of those guys who's been high character, high quality. And, you know, very respected in the league and by the fans. So I, I want to see him keep that up. Yeah. All right, guys. Next, we're going to talk about Chris Bosch for a little bit. Uh, I believe him and the uh, Miami Heat, they've uh, kind of negotiated everything out so that um, he won't be able to team anymore. Um, but just what were your whole uh, just thoughts on the whole Chris Bosch Miami Heat situation? I mean, I'm happy that they finally decided to let him go. Yeah. Um, if he's been cleared by doctors and he feels that he can play, I don't see why he can't. Um, I don't see why a single franchise should hold him back. Um, and it's, it, it's kind of sad too, because, you know, LeBron went back to Cleveland and then Dwayne Wade moved on to Chicago and Chris Bosh is kind of stuck there and he's not even playing and it's not even necessarily his fault. Um, it's just kind of sad that he was the piece that got left behind. Um, but you know, I'm happy that they've reached some sort of an agreement. I don't know many details, details on that, but, um, you know, I just, I just see that Bosch is getting the opportunity to go somewhere else again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is something that just had to happen. Yeah, he made it clear they weren't going to let him come back after letting him try twice and uh, having to cut his season short. So I mean, they, they don't feel comfortable putting him on the court, which is well within their right. Don't blame him for it. Uh, but mm-hmm. Bosch still feels he has some basketball left in him. So the only thing that could be done is for them to figure out a way to part ways and let him test the market for himself to see if there is a, another willing participant now you know he's had the whole issues with the whole blood class and everything he's got cleared by doctors uh miami he didn't want to take that risk and whatnot um how do you guys think he will uh be in the market do you see a lot of teams going after him trying to get him or do you think they're still kind of worried about with his health issues and whatnot and won't take a risk on him Yeah, it's it's kind of tough um, because I don't know that a lot of teams will want to potentially sign him and then have the issue either act up again or be, possibly become worse. Um, I don't know how many teams want to just take that chance. Uh, that's you know, a big chance to take. Um, the The thing I think will be interesting to look for to see will be what kind of a contract that Bosch negotiates for himself. 
Um, is he going to realize, hey, teams may be scared to take me. I'll take some sort of a pay cut. Um, or does he still feel that he's worth, you know, X amount of dollars and he'll kind of talk himself out of some teams? Um, I think that's going to be the, the interesting thing to look at because I think what he values himself at right now can totally play into, you know, where he ends up or if teams are even interested. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure, like, if somebody grabs him right off the bat to start the season. I, I, I do see him possibly being like a, you know, higher gun that somebody might grab mid to late mm-hmm. season. Uh, maybe one of these teams that looks like they might sneak into the playoffs and wants that actual punch or, or maybe a contender where, you know, uh, say next season the Spurs lose one of their bigs and, if he's willing to come on board for a cheap price, like maybe give him that a run. That would be a good shape. fit for him, yeah. Because, like I said, with Pop, yeah. uh, with him wrestling and stuff, he can kind of take it easy on him a little bit during the yeah. season. So, yeah, that yeah, that would be a good place. Yeah, well, and it's just I just think just you know teams are scared because you know there's there is that possibility. You know, if he starts bleeding on the court, like yeah. it could be a wrap for him. Uh, exactly. Yeah, not something to play with. Uh, since he has to take blood thinners to uh, deal with the clots, so I mean, if if somebody takes him, there's going to be lots of medical precaution taken. He's going to have to pass all kinds of physicals and tests. So I mean, if Bosch is willing to jump through those hoops to play, uh, I'm pretty sure somebody might end up doing it. I mean, if if somebody does take him to start of the year. It's probably not going to be a great team or a contending team. Uh, it might just be somebody that just wants somebody that they can put some star power behind uh, on their team. Yeah, you know, I'd even argue that no matter who he ends up with, the rest approach will be taken anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think the league is starting to realize, especially if you're a, a top team, you know, I won't necessarily say playoff team, but if you're if you're clearly a top four team, you're gonna. I think from here out, we're gonna see those teams rest players, um, especially second half of the season. Uh, and and I, I, I'm I'm expecting that to happen. So, you know, for Chris Bosh to go anywhere, I think that rest approach is gonna be taken. Um, but yeah, I I kind of fall in line with Darnell here. I think we'll see a team uh, through mid. Get an injury or something, and then show interest in Bosch. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if teams aren't exactly showing all their cards right now on him. A lot of teams may hold off, see if anyone signs him. Uh, but I, I guess this is a question. I think now, due to some recent happenings in the NFL, do we think Bosch could possibly land an ESPN deal? Hmm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because I mean, he he's been you know he was, he was actually TNT. doing um, yeah or or a TNT. Bit for TNT yeah yeah so. I mean do we, do you think we could see him land that for next season? Yeah. I think he'd be great. Yeah, he, you know, yeah. very insightful and smart. I, I, he's, he's actually good on TV. I think that's a good fit for him. He can't. Yeah, land so on TV. I, I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if you know he possibly falls into a role like that. Yeah. I mean, granted, it would be a little tough for him to break into TNT 
only because their their team's so strong. Yeah. Um, you know, it, un- unless he's calling a game. Uh, if he does like pregame stuff, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him slide into ESPN because uh, they have Michelle Beadle, Jalen Rose. So. Well, Chauncey yeah, and uh, Beadle, Jalen Rose, and Chauncey Billups, but they always have a fourth person. Yeah. It's just possible who that fourth person is. So why not just, you know, reach out to Chris Bosch, make him a solid, and. I think, like Darnell said, I think he'd be great, and I think that's a real possibility at this point is in his career. Yeah. So if he, yeah, if he can't get on the court, you know, that'd be a great way for him to uh, still stick to the game. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, it will be some. I, I also, to I, I, and this is just out of pure curiosity. I wonder how he'd be coaching as an as an assistant coach. Um. I don't know. I just feel like he, he has a really, really good presence, um, in the NBA. And I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't, granted, I understand coaching is not for everybody, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's smart enough to coach. Yeah. I can see people being around like he seems like a very, uh, humble, smart guy. So I think, uh, the players would, you know, he would, they would feel comfortable being around a guy like him. Uh, but him like drawing up plays and stuff, we'd have to see. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Anything left for Bosch? Good luck with whatever he gets. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, up next, we're about to talk about just our all NBA teams. Um, just who are you guys all NBA uh, team with a six man? Yeah. Let's start with you, Trey. We never start with you. All right. My all NBA, I have Russell, Russell Westbrook. Then I have James Harden. I have Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis. And for my sixth man, I have Kevin Durant. Ooh. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Good. Good. There now. All right. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty close with you. I have Westbrook and Harden as my guards. Uh, LeBron and Kawhi forwards. I also have a fifth forward since I don't think any centers really were up to that level. Uh, I, I, I do agree with that, man. I, I do, yeah, but yeah. I, I felt I needed to pick a center, so I, I went with AD. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah. So I, I do understand so, that, Darnell. Yeah, so I, I I had Durant in that fifth spot, and uh, my sixth man was uh, Anacumpo. Oh. Ooh, Anacumpo, that's that's pretty solid. That's solid. Yeah, uh, yeah. I went with. Uh, I I think you'd be an idiot to not take the guards, uh, Westbrook Harden. Um, you'd have to make a real strong case to put Harden at your point guard to leave that shooting guard position open for somebody else. I think you'd have to. You'd really have to try and persuade me on that one, but yeah. Uh, yeah so I like the two guards, and then we're all, we're all on the same page here, you know. Uh, LeBron and Kawhi, you know, just Kawhi defensively is uh, he's too good of a two way player. Uh, you know, I think he really showed some brilliance offensively during the Rockets in the playoffs, and I think he really kind of validated himself as a top NBA player because. As much TV time as the Spurs get, you know, those 1030 starts, not a lot of people are watching them. Yeah. Uh, 
So I, I think Kawhi Leonard really put himself on display this year. And then the center, you know, I, I struggled a little bit with, uh, I went for someone who, you know, provides the offense, you know, some pretty good offense, uh, but more importantly, a little bit of defense. I actually went with Rudy Gobert. Uh, I really liked him. I liked what he did this yeah, year. I, I under, yeah, I mean, I understand he's probably not the first choice for a lot of people there, but I, you know, for me, if I'm, if I'm putting that roster together, he's a rim protector. Uh, you know, he's selfless on the floor. He'll play the defense. Uh, and then for my sixth man, I actually went, uh, Draymond Green because Ooh. he can give you the offense and the defense. Um, you know, he, he'd go out there, get you 20 rebounds and not score a point. He'd be perfectly cool with it. Uh, j- just a guy who can come on, provide a little bit of everything for you. Great passer. Uh, and yeah, and I feel like he could really bring some attitude off the bench. Uh, and you know, I feel like you could also ins- insert him into a starting lineup if you need to. So, uh, yeah, I, I liked I liked those guys this year. Uh, well, yeah, just yeah, just anything to say about you guys got anything else to say about uh other person's picks or anything? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't think anybody had any bad choices in there. Or anything? Uh, Trey's yours was was chalk with what the actual <laughs> yeah. first team was. So, I mean, but, I mean, no problems with it. AD is, yeah. he's, 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 no, he's ridiculous. Yeah, nobody, but, yeah. yeah, nobody can deny that. Uh, but yeah, but I, I just feel like Durant, even, even missing the last few weeks with the knee, uh, issue, I just think he had a season, even on a team that stock full of talent where he stood out to me and, and the Greek freak, uh, I mean, just the way that he upped his game this year uh, pretty much amazed me all year. So mm-hmm. I just think he, he deserved that honorable mention, basically, for the six-man spot for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I actually really like the Anacumpo pick. He uh, he turned a lot of heads this year. He's kind of really headlining a young Bucks team. He kind of stepped up and took charge of that team in a lot of ways. Uh, you know, he's also kind of pulling a little bit of a LeBron. Now, now don't misunderstand me. I'm not calling him LeBron, but he's going to be kind of that next line of players where we see some of the big men take control of the ball a lot more. Um, he played he played a lot of point for them at 6'9", or whatever he is, 6'10", or just freakishly long. You know, the Greek Freak's a perfect nickname for him. He did some stuff this year that I feel like nobody else in the NBA can do. Yeah, like, yeah sure. At one point, he, he like, Jumped from just past the free throw line and dunked the ball on the way down. Like, yeah. who does that? Who does that? But, uh, yeah, I, I think Anacumpo's just getting started and he's real solid. Um, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Now, it would probably take LeBron James being out of the NBA, but I wouldn't be surprised if he could have a year where he, he snatches that, uh, all NBA team. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he's only, he he's only 22. Yeah. yeah. So he has plenty yeah. of game. Yeah. Oh, tons of game, yeah. and he he can do a lot. I mean, he was uh, he was one of the guys racking up triple doubles this year. Yeah. Um, now, granny wasn't doing it Russell Westbrook pace, but he, he had his fair share of uh, triple doubles this year. So he he was exciting, and he he helped make the Bucks uh, playoff team. And I think we'll we'll continue to see them just get better in 
you know, a not so great Eastern Conference, but I think they could really, really rise. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't feel like they can go anywhere but up. Now, uh, for you guys, six men, uh, you know, you guys, uh, said who you, who your six men were. Mm-hmm. Uh, were there other, uh, contenders that had you on edge that you were thinking about picking somebody else or was your six man just pretty much just a unanimous decision? This is who it is. I mean, I've thought a little bit about maybe IT or staff. Okay. Uh, say they both had solid years as well. Uh, Thomas, I mean, he was Mr. Fourth Quarter for all the regular season. And, yeah. and I'm, I'm trying to look at this as just based on the regular season stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, though they were in there, but I mean, I just felt like just from, from the regular season, I thought Anna DeCupo was amazing. And I mean, just because of how good forwards are in the NBA right now for, for him to be, you know, in year three of his career and putting up numbers close to a KD or a LeBron, I, I just thought he deserved that, that mention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think I took a little bit of a different approach. Like, Trey, I kind of went with you wanting to throw a center in there. Um, you know, for me, Gobert was just solid all year, all year long, but that, that sixth man, I, I kind of take a different approach when it comes to a sixth man. Like, I understand when you're looking at like an all NBA, you could just throw in whoever has stats. Like, that's totally cool. Like, at that point, you're picking who you think are the six best players. But I, I love a sixth man to just have a mentality more than a stat line. Um, you know, I feel like the first guy you bring off the bench sets a tone for the second unit. And I don't, I don't know who else would be better at setting a tone than Draymond Green. So. But if, if other people were in the running for me, you know, you'd look at some stat guys, you know, you'd look at a KD or a Curry, um, Darnell mentioned him, uh, Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you could also look, um, like at Anacumpo, which was Darnell's pick. Uh, I mean, you had a handful of guys to pick from there. Um, but like I said, I just kind of went with a six man mentality more than I went with a stat line. So, and that, that was just my reasoning for the Draymond pick. Okay. Nothing wrong with that, man. All right, guys. Uh, anything else before we get into these finals? Yeah, Tran, we all know you just copied and pasted the all NBA team. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Oh, man. We'll, we'll let it slide. Next all year, you right, can pick LeVar Ball. Or, uh, Lonzo Ball. Ball. Yeah. And LeVar. Pick LeVar. He's better than MJ. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's better than MJ. All right, man. His words, not mine. Yeah. All right, y'all. Uh, it's about that time, man. Uh, we've got the finals coming up tomorrow. Uh, just thoughts on this Cavs versus Golden State, uh, part three, uh, matchup for the finals. It better be good. Yeah. If it's not good, I'll just say that is 2016, 2017 in a nutshell. Um, and I guess by good, I mean it has to go longer than five. Uh, games have to be close and competitive. Well, I guess close is a relative term here. I mean, I, a game can be, you know, a 10 point game, but it takes them, you know, the final minute to stretch that lead to 10. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I think we just need some competitive tough nose basketball here because we have not gotten that at all. Yeah. Um, and at this point, you know, obviously I'm going to pick a winner. Um, but at this point, I don't necessarily care who wins. I could, you know, for all I care, they could take out one of the two teams, throw in the worst team in the league. They could win it, and I wouldn't care. Uh, I just want a series that we can talk about, uh, something that gives us some substance, uh, some good storylines. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I guess in terms of the two teams that we have, uh, it's the rematch of the rematch. So, uh, it's, you know, they call it the rubber match, which is a baseball term, but, um, I, obviously the best team in the East versus the best team in the West. I mean, I think we all saw this coming from a mile away. Yeah. Not surprised. I don't think anybody's surprised. Um, you know, I think we're just going to have the whole story of Kevin Durant. Was it the right decision or not? Obviously, if they win it, it was. If they lose, it wasn't. You know, he came out and said that he believes it was 100% the right decision no matter what happens. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, hey, good for him. But, uh, yeah, you know, I think that it's it's going to have a little bit different of a feel because of Kevin Durant. It just gives Golden State that much more to work with, uh, which is hard to believe coming off of a 73-win season. Uh, but... You know, we'll we'll see what happens. I I'm hoping for the best here. Yeah. Uh you have anything else to add to that, Darna? Yeah, I mean, I agree with a lot of what Ty said. This is we need this finals to be entertaining because of what we've had to make it through with Cleveland basically running through everybody, having one up against Boston because LeBron decided to take a game off and, you know, Golden State. It was his rest game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and Golden State running through everybody, but also, you know, not having to play teams at full strength. You no know, Kawhi basically against the Spurs. So we need something because we, we've only had, what, maybe – one and a half decent series this whole playoffs. So yeah. Yeah. we we need something to uplift spirits. Yeah. Uh so I mean I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh I we we could definitely get to see whether it's a good thing that the Cavs play in the East where they don't have to fight much, uh versus Golden State going through a technically tougher conference but still getting to go against all these teams that have strength. So, uh, uh, I'm excited for the rubber match just so we can get somebody back ahead in the series as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Now, just looking at these two teams, uh, this is the third time in a row they've been in the NBA finals. Uh, can you just see this being the matchup, um, for the finals, you know, with these two teams just being the uh, NBA finals matchup for the next years to come? Kind of like uh, the whole Boston, uh, L.A. kind of thing going. I mean, unless we get a couple more shifts where there's another team of power. Yeah. I mean, the, the Spurs are just late. As of late, they've been, you know, right there on the outside looking in. But, yeah. you know, maybe they need 
maybe they need a piece like this CP3, like we're talking about, to kind of get them back mm-hmm. right there on par with the other two teams. Uh, I'm not sure what to say about the East. Yeah. Yeah. Boston, Boston had a hell of a year, but, you know, they still look like trash when they came up against Cleveland in the playoff setting. And, you know, the questions are already going around. Do they ship out Isaiah Thomas because he's not the player that's going to get them over that hump? They have number one pick. Uh, you know, Washington, I, I thought would have been a better matchup for Cleveland, but I don't think they were. They're not built to beat them uh, in any way. Uh, I'm not sure if there is a team in in the East. I, I know I, I I bring them up a lot just because they're how how the team is built. I think Milwaukee has has may have something to say about it in the future, depending on how they keep building. Just because they're that big athletic team and they have you know the future LeBron possibly on their team in and uh, Cupo, but you know. As of right now, yeah, for the next at least year or two, I think is we just get this all back and forth between Cleveland and Golden State. Yeah, yeah, I'm right there. You know, and it's sad to say Boston's probably the closest thing we have to at least competing with Cleveland in the East. Um, I mean, they took one, but like we all said, you know, that was definitely an out an outlier game. LeBron wasn't there. On the stat sheet, he wasn't there, I should say. Uh, I think he only had, what, 11 points? You know, when, when's the last time he did that in the playoffs? Yeah. Um, you know, and then Washington, I think, has the mentality to beat Cleveland, but they don't have the talent yet. Um, it, it, it's going to take, you know, some free agency coming together to form a team that already has a piece or two and you know, another super team is formed. That That's what it's going to take to give more competition really to either of these teams. You know, CP3 to San Antonio would, um, I think, be a very interesting matchup for Gold State. Um, but yeah, I, I think all eyes are going to be on Boston, number one pick. Uh, even if they keep the number one pick, They'll still have a lot of salary space to possibly make a move for a Jimmy Butler. Uh, I, that, that'll be in the talks all summer. That talk's not going away or Gordon Hayward. Uh, you know, those two names you're going to hear all the time with Boston. So get used to it now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I see Cleveland Golden State for the next two or three years. All right, guys. Now, Curry, uh, he hasn't been stepping up in the last two finals, man. Will this be the time that he actually steps up in the finals? I hope so. I'm (laughs) going to say no. I'm going to say no. The reason I say no is because I feel like this is the most complete that Golden State's ever been. Um, I'm not saying that he'll play poor. But I'm not saying he's going to step up and start pouring in 30 a game. But that's just because he doesn't have to. Um, I don't think his stats will be crazy impressive, but I think they'll be very efficient. Um, I think this is going to be the best finals he'll play, but it's not going to be, you know, mind blowing stats or, you know, 
you know, his best shooting performance in the world. You know, I think he's just going to have a nice finals and, you know, Durant will do a lot of scoring. Uh, he'll, he'll get his share. Um, you know, Clay, Clay's going to be, you know, probably all eyes on him because he's been, you know, the worst of the starters so far coming in to the finals. He hasn't shot that well. Uh, I think he's shooting what close to 30, 30%, I think, yeah. from three. So, I mean, eyes will be on him a little bit, but, you know, I, I'm not going to say that Curry necessarily steps up. I mean, he's not going to match LeBron numbers. Uh, but, but I think he can have himself a nice finals. Um, just, just the fact that I don't think he has to step up in any way. I think he can do what he's done, you know, for the majority of the playoffs. Now, granted, that's better than he's ever done in the finals so far. So, uh, I guess. If you just look at it from that way, yeah, he'll step up, but but I'm not expecting crazy stats out of him. I'm just expecting a solid performance. What we expect out of him. I expect him to be good to great. Uh honestly, just because I feel like how the matchups work, this is the finals for him to blow up. Uh he, he's not gonna have to work out work much on the defensive end because I figure they'll put Clay on Kyrie. <laughs> Uh, since he's a, a better off-ball defender, uh, and he won't have to worry about LeBron shadowing him this year because they have Durant. So, like, this is kind of that finals where there's not a ton of pressure on him on either side of the ball to have to do something special. So, this is the one where he should be able to let the game come to him and just do what he needs to do. Uh, and I agree. Just hit his open shots, get to the basket when he needs to, because you know the, the matchups are in Gold State's favor here, uh, especially like especially for Steph. Like I was saying, he's not going to have a premier defender on him the whole time, like last year where they put LeBron on him just to basically negate him for a lot of the games. Uh, and you know, if if he does come down with with you know Kyrie on him, Kyrie doesn't care a lot about defense himself, so he should be able to get his points there and, and he won't have to tire himself out by covering Kyrie uh when he has the ball. Mm-hmm. All right. Now who are you guys X Factors uh for each team? Uh we'll I, start with Golden oh, State first. I I was just about to say I have a harder time picking one for Golden State. Hmm. Um, I mean, I mean, it, it sounds so cliche to pick someone, you know, like a Draymond Green or, you know, Andre Iguodala, but I'm, I'm going to go with someone I've mentioned before, someone I think's having a really good year. He's no longer shacked in a fool. He is JaVale McGee. All right. <laughs> uh, if he, if, if he, if he can play at the rim, which he has all of the ability in the world to do. Uh, if he can get some buckets at the rim and if he can protect the rim, um, that's only beneficial for Golden State. Um, you know, I'm not expecting him to score, you know, 10 points a game. Yeah. But if he can, if he can block two or three shots a game, that could be the difference. All right. So I'll give you two X factors and the second one is kind of a conglomerate. Uh, first I say clay. Just because, as Tyler mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, he's been 
pretty much awful. Uh, <laughs> yeah, his, by his standards for the playoffs. Yeah, he's been not not able to hit open shots. Uh, he's still playing hard on D, but he's just not been there offensively for the team. Uh, if he can pick it back up and show any sort of consistency, that'll put a lot of pressure on Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, and and the other, uh, like I said, is conglomerate. It's a a mixture of KD, Draymond, and Iggy, uh, and that's because mm-hmm. those are the three people that will most likely be covering LeBron at any uh, single time. Uh, so I mean, that's that's twelve fouls or no, eighteen fouls, yeah. and you know, a, a lot of minutes to give. Give each of them breathers to be able to do what they need to do offensively. And I think that's going to give LeBron a lot of trouble because that's three very good defenders. Uh, like they all bring their own set of problems for him. You know, Iggy got himself a finals MVP for the job that he did on him two years ago. Kevin Durant. Is six ten with a seven foot wingspan, so he's not just somebody you can just go around or shoot over. Uh, yeah. He brings his own set of problems, and you know Draymond is a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. So mm-hmm. that's that's quite a, a task for LeBron to have to go through, and yeah. you, you think, probably tire him out. Do you think Game One we see Durant start on LeBron, or do we see Draymond start on LeBron? Because I feel like who of those two. Whichever doesn't guard LeBron will probably guard Kevin Love. Yeah. I would, if I had to guess, it would probably be Draymond starting out on him because yeah, I would agree. Cause I, cause I think Golden State can get out ahead, uh, with, especially if they play both ways on that and have Kevin Love on, uh, yeah. on KD at points. Yeah. Cause I think, I think Love gets cooked there. Like mm-hmm. something fierce, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> so uh, I, I think they would try to go that way and see if they can force that matchup for themselves on offense. Uh, okay. But, but I, I think they're fine either way. Those two switching off and on between the two, because you yeah. know, I, I think either of them can give both Love and James some, some issues. I mean, of course, nobody's going to stop LeBron. Yeah, uh, that's that's not just not a thing, but. I mean, if you can make him work, so by the fourth quarter he's on some some tired legs. Uh, I think they're the perfect combination of players to do that. Yeah, you know, and and I think uh, whoever's guarding Kevin Love's also going to have their hands full too. I mean, there were multiple times at the Eastern Conference Finals where we were seeing Kevin Love get in there and get those offensive boards like he was in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, I think either way, both guys will have their hands full no matter who they're guarding. Um, but I mean, obviously LeBron is one A and one B to guard. Um, you know, so, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that matchup takes place. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it turns into something where, you know, you, it, it's, they're not constantly putting the same guy on it. You might see some every other, every other defensive series, you get a different guy on it, okay. you know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to mix it up as much as they can and try to force LeBron into some different different things so he can't get into a rhythm. Um, but I also wouldn't be surprised, once again, if we just see one of them on him and they kind of play a little more normal. Uh, I think that'll 
be dictated by how LeBron answers game one. Uh, if he gets into, you know, a good rhythm, I think they'll try and mix it up. Uh, if he's not in rhythm, they'll stick with whatever's working. So <clears throat> I think that, I think that'll be more dependent on LeBron than on whatever game plan they have. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, now who are your X factors, uh, for the Cavs? Uh, I'll just say mine. Uh, for me, I believe it should, for me, it'd be D. Will. Um, believe, uh, LeBron, uh, Tristan and Kyrie, they'll step up, uh, Kevin Love could do his thing too, but I think for the Cavs to really be successful, I think they would need somebody to help ignite uh, the bench up. And Darren Williams, he was once arguably considered uh, at some point to be the best point guard in the league. So I think with him, uh, he'd go out there and he needs to show some of his flashes of his old self uh, and get these guys uh, started up off the bench uh, to have this bench uh, keep the Cavs up into the game. So, You want to go second this time, Darnell? Sure. Uh, my X Factor for Cleveland, uh, I'm looking at two starters still, but, uh, Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. Uh, Thompson, he, he's elevated his, his gameplay. Uh, but I think he's going to be needed to, you know, be a presence, uh, keep Gold State honest. So, like, maybe try to, make it so they have to shadow the paint a little bit to give some breather to their shooters because, you know, Cleveland, they, people don't realize it for some reason, but they, they shoot a lot of threes just like Golden State and this season they shot and made at a higher clip. I mean, give that to them playing in the, the East. So it might have been a little easier for them, but, you know, that's the type of game that team that they are. Uh, but I think. Uh, Tristan Thompson, and we'll have to step up for a lot of that. And Kevin Love, he he's another one of those guys that just doesn't seem to – he seems to stuff stat sheets except for in games where he has another all-star caliber player uh, across for him. So I, I think he's going to have to step up as well. Yeah, Uh for me, uh, I'm going with a guy coming off the bench again. Uh, well, Grant, I'm not saying again because JaVale McGee could very possibly start for Golden State. Uh, but I'm going with the bench player here. I'm going to go Kyle Korver. Uh, you know, he's going to come off the bench. He's going to need to make some three pointers. He's going to have to score while either Kyrie or, uh, Kevin Lover off the floor. I expect LeBron to play as close to 48 minutes as he can get. Um, so I, he's going to have to be a scoring presence off the bench because Golden State brings in their bench and they continue to score. Um, so Cleveland's going to have to match that. Corver's going to have to be very key in that. He's one of their better three-point shooters. He's going to have to make threes. Um, so yeah, I feel like if Cleveland falls behind, they're going to get a three-point lineup on the floor. Corver will be on the floor. Um, uh, you know, so I think Corver could play a very big part in, uh, in what Cleveland decides to do here. I mean, we, I, I would, you know, agree with you for everything you said, uh, Tristan Thompson for, but I think we expect him to do that. Uh, that's kind of why I'm not picking him toward my X factor. Um, you know, I, I expect him to protect the rim. Uh, the only, the only way I would, Basically, the only way I'd pick him 
is if we don't need him to do it, but it would only, you know, like Cleveland doesn't need Kyle Corbett to make a bunch of threes because their starting lineup can do that. But if he comes in and just makes those threes, like that, I feel like that only helps Cleveland that much more. Um, you know, he's going to be big for their second unit. Um, Kyrie's going to have to get a rest. Kevin Love will get a rest. LeBron's the only player on that roster I don't see getting a rest at all. Um, and if it's LeBron and the second unit, uh, you know, Corver's going to have to, going to have to step up there. And, you know, your pick D will, he'll have to step up too. So, yeah. um, you know, at, at, and to be fair at this point, you know, to be fair, just to what the NBA finals is, everybody's kind of an X factor at this point. Everybody's got to do something. Yeah, and if you're counts. not, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you're not doing something at this point, how in the world are you on the, on the team you're on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it's, it's kind of hard, you know, just pick one or two, but, uh, you know, I think just every, every play at this point, you know, has to be worth something, good or bad. It's worth something. Yeah. Spot, spotlights on everybody. Yeah. You're remembered for the good plays. You're also remembered for the bad ones. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, anything else to add for the X Factors? All right. I hope Javale. I hope Javale McGee doesn't come back to bite me in the butt. Right. <laughs> we'll see, man. All right, it's time for us to get to it, guys. Uh, who do you have winning, and how many games? Uh, just like I said, we talked about it before. Uh, y'all guys, uh, Stephen A. He did pick Golden State, so if y'all want to go against the curse, feel free. <laughs> but uh, who do you guys got? I'll start off. Um, I'll start off actually. Um, I'm going to actually go with Cleveland in this one. Um, the Cavaliers on paper, I do believe that, uh, Golden State is the better team. Uh, would definitely not, would not be shocked if these guys go in there and handle business and get it out the way way quick. But everybody, man, you've been looking at some of the stories leading up to this. Uh, you know, they talking about where does LeBron James, uh, rank? Is he better than MJ? Uh, LeBron can't be in the MJ conversation if this guy's going to lose and be three and five in the finals. So, I, it's, it's got to be that talented man. I cannot see him being, uh, three and five in the NBA finals. So, I think he's going to put together a performance like he did last year and, uh, keep these guys in there, just straight up hustle, uh, make every play count like we were just talking about. I think he's going to help lead this team to it. Uh, another championship. So I got them in uh, seven games. Yeah, I went with Cleveland last year. Uh, was the bold pick. I said that was my one for the year last year. Uh, I I don't... I have a hard time with this one because I have disliked Golden State all year due to the due to the bandwagon factor. I disliked them last year due to the bandwagon factor. Uh, I still dislike them due to the bandwagon factor. Uh, I don't deny that they're great. I don't deny that they're one of the better teams the NBA has ever seen over a three-year stretch. Uh, I don't deny individual talent on the team. Uh, it's not that I don't think they're a good team. I just don't enjoy bandwagons at all. So um, I'm actually going to kind of break my mantra here. I'm going to 
I'm going to pick Golden State. I'm going to pick Golden State in six. Uh, I just feel like they're deeper, uh, more consistent the further into the roster you get. I think they're better defensively. Uh, the only area that's going to raise question and it raises question with everybody's uh, rim protection. Uh, if they protect the rim, I don't see them having too much issue. If they can slow LeBron down, I don't see them having too much issue. They score at a high enough clip. They play good enough defense. I've talked about this a lot this postseason. They hustle. They're probably one of the hardest hustling teams I've ever seen, uh, especially probably since the 90s. Um, you know, they gel. They're super talented. Uh, I think Duran will get his ring. Uh, yeah, Golden State and six. Right. How you feeling, Ezo? Well, uh, me, me and Ty are thinking the same there as far as our call there. I, I got Warriors in six. Uh, wouldn't be shocked if it's five. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going six just because I respect LeBron that much that, you know, he, he's going to do all he can to steal, uh, as many games as possible. But I just, looking at these teams on paper, uh, watching their, regular seasons, watching the playoffs and everything. I just feel like the, the Cavs are are great. They're, they're a really good team. Uh, and you know, LeBron's the best player on the planet still as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but Golden State just has too much firepower. They're too efficient. And you have to stop more than one person to beat them. Uh, mm-hmm. if, you, if, you can, if you can somewhat contain LeBron, I don't think Kyrie and Kevin Love are enough. Uh, if, if you can stop Katie, you gotta worry about Clay and, and Steph. If you can stop Steph, you gotta worry about Katie and Clay. Uh, Draymond's there. He's, he's been shooting, what, 50% from three for the playoffs, uh, stepped up as far as that goes. And, and Golden State is, they're an elite defensive team to go along with how elite they are offensively. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I mean, I'm just trying to look at this and just be re- realistic about it. I mean, you know, crazy things happen in the playoffs. I mean, I feel like Golden State probably should have won last year. Yeah. Uh, they were. I I felt like they had more talent, but you know, stuff happens. You had the whole uh, Draymond suspension deal, but and um, I don't I still put it on Golden State. They lost two games after that. That you know they had a chance to put it away. So, I mean, crazier things have happened, but mm-hmm. I, I just have to look at it and go with what my eyes tell me. And my eyes tell me that Golden State is a superior team. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to say Golden State in six, but like I said, I wouldn't be shocked if it's a gentleman's sweep and mm-hmm. uh, Golden State wins in five. All right. Yeah. And r- real quick, if I can add it in there, Trey, uh, j- j- just to your point, the whole MJ LeBron thing. I, I said this a few days ago to my brother. I'm, I'm just done having that conversation. Like sure. legit, I am done <clears throat> trying to compare the two. One, it's a tiring conversation that neither side's going to win. Yeah. If you believe one way or the other, there's no way you're persuading yourself otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and then second of all, I think they're two different players playing in two different eras who have dominated the game in two different ways. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm just 
done. I'm, I'm tired of hearing people say, well, you know, LeBron, you know, is losing in the finals. He has a losing finals record. It's like, okay, the only, well, I, I don't give him an excuse against Dallas, but like, if he loses this time to this Golden State team, I mean, on a break, why, why, why is it all his fault? Why does yeah. every little thing have to be? Oh well, that that makes LeBron not great. Yeah, it's like yeah. If, if anyone, you know, anybody wants to give him gruff about losing to this Warriors team with you know four All Stars, two definite future Hall of Famers. Yeah, I just go jump off a cliff if, if you want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Throw so I mean, like, from that one. and to and to be fair, he should have lost last year's. Yeah. Like should have. I mean, he didn't, and he comes back from a 3-1 deficit against the one team that is the best NBA regular season record of all time, and it's like we hold it against him for some reason. You know, we, we, we find every little nuance to nitpick at LeBron to say Michael Jordan's better. Yeah. And honestly, I'm, I'm just done having that conversation because I'm, I'm coming to the realization we may never see a LeBron again. This yeah. might be the one we get in our lifetime, Trey. Yeah. It could be the one. And I don't want to sit here all day saying, well, is he as good as Michael Jordan? Instead of just watching him and appreciating it. True. If we can just appreciate, if we can appreciate the great players, I, I, I don't care who you're better than, who you're <clears> worse than. It, it, that won't matter to me because you, you, you might get one or two in your lifetime. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah, I can definitely you know, agree with that statement, man. Yeah. Who who cares who the who the great's gonna be in eighty years when I'm gone? Yeah. You know, who cares? But like no one looks like they're gonna be the next LeBron for a long time. Like I don't even think there's anybody in line that we'd be compared to LeBron right now. Yeah. So I mean no one's getting the hype he he got. So <laughs> I'm just gonna enjoy LeBron while we have him. I'm not going to compare him to MJ. It's pointless. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to enjoy what we have. Be thankful for it. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, man. Yeah, I I just wanted to throw that out there because I'm I'm so tired of hearing everybody <laughs> compare this, and it's like, why can't we just be thankful that we have LeBron? And if you got the opportunity to see both, why not just be thankful you got to see both? Yeah. Ty has some stuff to get off his chest there. Yeah. A little bit. <laughs> a little bit. That was deep, man. <laughs> I'll, I'll be, but, but the thing is, is I will be upset if LeBron goes out, averages 30, 10, and 6. He loses, and then we all say, well, LeBron's, Le- LeBron's not MJ. It's like, is that really what you're taking away from the smiles? That he's not Michael Jordan? Yeah. Well, a lot of that's just going to be people that already yeah. don't like him and just want to find a reason to hate yeah. him. Yeah. yeah, haters are going to hate, and I get that. I mean, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just done hating great players for being great. I'm done. Yeah, man. I like I said, I agree, man. Uh, you know, especially like with LeBron, this is a guy. Like I said, a great player, but he's been great off the court as well. Uh, yeah. Some of his charitable work, uh, just a nice guy, uh, just done great things uh, for Cleveland and whatnot. Um, you know, it's one thing if, you know, he's a rival of a certain team or you're pissed that he left yeah. Miami or whatever, but 
the hate, yeah. hate the hate, you know, the human being LeBron, uh, that would be too much, man. Uh, the dude's a good guy. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, guys. Uh, now we had our winners, uh, in how many games? Um, who do you think is going to be the MVP? Uh, for me, uh, you know, I picked, uh, Cleveland, so I'm going to go with LeBron. Uh, he has to play mm-hmm. well in order for Cleveland to win. Uh, but for Golden State, for your, for you guys, uh, who do you think will get the MVP for Golden State? Katie. Katie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this is part of his, uh, you know, he, he gets to throw it in everybody's face if he wins that title. I, I think he's going to play well and, um, he, he's the one that has the most approved in this finals, uh, in my opinion. You know, he, he, he got, he had to take a lot of flack for leaving OKC uh, and going to quote the enemy or whatever, uh, how people looked at it since Golden State put, put OKC out last year. Uh, so, you know, he has to show that he made the right decision. Uh, he, he's, he's one step away. He's made it to the finals. So he needs to step up, play, you know, once he gets that fourth victory. Uh, I do think he's going to play well and have, uh, some good numbers put up. And uh, I think he'll come through and win the finals as well. All right. Yeah. You know, the one thing we need to remember too is this is not Durant's first finals. You know, a lot of yeah. people I think are forgetting that mm-hmm. he's been here before. He knows how big the stage is. And I think he'll be way more relaxed. The game won't be on his shoulders. He has a team around him. I think he'll play well too. Um, and to add to Darnell's point, uh, with his high efficiency numbers all year, I expect him to, you know, e- really ease into the game. I think he'll, he'll find a stride. Uh, I think it'll be interesting to see how Cleveland matches up defensively. Uh, you know, I kind of expect, uh, LeBron to be on, uh, Kevin Durant, which I think could possibly pose some issues, which also kind of makes me kind of want to pick Steph Curry here. Learned that after Andre Iguodala won and anybody can win it. Yeah. You know, a part of me also wants to pick LeBron, even though I'm picking uh, Golden State. But then I realized two years ago when Golden State won the finals and LeBron didn't win MVP, that I don't think anybody from the losing team is going to win MVP again for a long time. Yeah. So, um, but if someone's going to do it, it's going to be LeBron. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing LeBron average, you know, 40 a game again and win the MVP on the losing side. Um, you know, I think he should have won it two years ago. Uh, but I guess that's a different discussion for a different day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I'm right in line with, uh, Katie. I think he can do it. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that. I, I think Gold State's ball movement's too good. He'll get open. Uh, they'll run a lot of, a lot of screens up top, get LeBron off and open him up with some shots. Um, I think he's also, I think he's also good enough off the dribble to get into the lane, get to the rim. Um, and I also think he's, you know, smart enough to pull up, avoid Tristan Thompson. Uh, I also think they could pull Tristan Thompson away from the basket. 
Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Won't be surprised if Kevin Durant wins it. Also wouldn't be surprised if Steph Curry wins it. So yeah. those would be my one and two, I guess. Yeah. All right, guys. Uh, do you have anything else to add uh, before we close this up, whether NBA, UFC, or whatever? Uh, I, I guess just, just real fast. Uh, and I guess this can just be a, a real quick end, uh, but a quick question for you guys. Does not having Steve Kerr, uh, play a big role? Uh, I don't think so, man. Uh, these guys have been clicking well, uh, with them. You know, they, this isn't the first time they've had the season that they had to deal with. You know, he was having issues with his back last year. So, uh, with those guys, man, all you got to do is move on the floor. Don't even really got to move on the floor, man, because those guys, all they need is a little bit of space and a shot could go in with Clay, Curry, and Durant. Uh, so, uh, I think they're feeling confident right now. Uh, hopefully not to the point they were like cocky like they were last year, but uh, yeah. they need to know what they need to do. They, they, they should already know what they need to do. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be good to see Kerr out there, but uh, you know, like I said, they know what they need to do to win this. So. Mm-hmm. What about you, Darnell? I mean, it, it makes like, there's some, some points of the game where I think, they might wish they'd had them, uh, you know, like drawn up plays for situational times. Uh, but as far as just the free flow of the game, I think that that team played with each other long enough where they, they know what they need to do mm-hmm. and get out there. And, uh, and, and Mike Brown might actually be a help to them on the defensive end since he's more of a defensive minded coach. So, yeah. Like I said, yeah, it's a stirred off. Uh, finals in a row for these guys so these two teams know each other pretty well so Mm -hmm. yeah how you feeling about it man yeah uh you know i i think you know they've been fine without him for this long they'll be fine without him for just a little bit more um and it's not like he's totally away from the team he's just not on the bench uh so i mean he's he's there he's still giving his input he's um, you know, still coaching these guys. He's just doing it from afar. Um, like, uh, Darnell said, maybe some set pieces, maybe some special things offensively. But then, like you said, Trey, they, they know each other. They're clicking. It's not exactly an excuse. Yeah. Um, they've done so well without him on the bench that if you start pointing the finger to, well, Steve Kerr's not here, it's kind of like, well, that's a terrible point that you're trying to make. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be too big of a factor. If it is a factor, I'll kind of be surprised that people are even bringing it up. Yeah. Because even when they struggled earlier in the season, they had Steve Kerr. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it'll be too big of a story. All right, guys. Anything else? No, that's it for me. All right. I just felt like we needed to throw that in there real fast. Yeah. All right, guys. As always, I appreciate you guys tuning into the show. Uh, you can check this podcast out on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. Uh, just hit us up in that search engine. Um, also, you can hit us up on Twitter. Feel free to. You can follow us at DKM underscore cast. Um, 
as always, like I said, guys, appreciate y'all for checking us out. Uh, just hopefully these finals will be worth watching because these playoffs been sucking. So time will tell <laughs> for that. Yeah. But other than that, y'all, peace out.